Happy New Year and welcome to the first 2015 edition of the Sustainable Futures podcast. This is Anthony Day. Traditionally, this is the time for everyone to make predictions for the coming year or even the coming decade. I'm not going to do that. I am going to talk about the future and I'm going to talk about sustainability. I'm not going to make predictions, but I am going to suggest how the fundamental components of sustainability could affect your business, your school and your home life and what you might think about doing about it. I'll urge you to take the long view. I got an email just before Christmas from futurist Rohit Talwar with his 10 predictions for the 10 years to 2025. One in particular caught my attention. 50% of the Fortune 500 in 2025 will come from firms that were not even born in 2014. If you look at the last 10 years, you can see that's pretty likely to come true. That means that we will see vast new businesses arising and familiar established organisations either slipping down the rankings or disappearing altogether. You don't have to be in the Fortune 500 to be subject to similar pressures. There's really no such thing as business as usual anymore. Fortunately, if you're not in the top 500, you have the option of going up as well as going down. But of course, the odds of going down are much greater. That's why you need to take the long view. You need to make some predictions about how your customers, your suppliers, government policy and technology would have changed in 2015, 2020, 2025 or 2050. The timescale depends on your type of business. If you've got minimal capital structure, maybe some office furniture and computers, you can change almost overnight. If you own a hospital, factory or power station, your long view is very much longer. You need to ask, if this is my current business model, will it be appropriate to the market in 2015 or 2050 or whenever? If the answer is no, the next question is about what you need to do today to ensure that you're still in business, some business, in the future. For me, sustainable business is about staying in business and staying in profit. Of course, it's also about the environment, in all senses of the word. Physical environment, social environment, economic environment, and so on. Over the next few episodes of the Sustainable Futures podcast, I will be looking at the key elements of sustainability in detail, and looking at how they could affect your life and your livelihood. Issues like population, energy, food, waste, climate change, water, and the political reaction to all these challenges. I'll bring you interviews with specialists in their fields. Shortly, I'll introduce the facilities director of one of the UK's leading retailers to talk about his experience of energy saving and his opinion of ESOS. That's the Energy Saving Opportunity System. Others will follow. Let's go back to the planning theme. Two days before Christmas, the FSB, the Federation of Small Businesses, reported that three out of five of the small businesses that they questioned did not have a plan in place to deal with extreme weather conditions such as floods and snowstorms. This news comes despite the fact 
that two-thirds of small businesses have been negatively impacted by flood, drought, snow over the last three years. Mike Cherry, the National Policy Chairman for the Federation of Small Businesses, said last year was the wettest winter on record and 3,200 commercial properties were flooded in the UK. With such extreme weather events on the increase, small businesses need all the help they can get to make sure they can stay open whatever the weather. And of course it's not just about extreme weather. Fire and other disasters can destroy a business that's not prepared with a robust up-to-date contingency plan. It's something I talk about in my Green Supply Chain Workshop. Make no mistake, it is a supply chain issue. If disaster strikes your customers, your suppliers or your employees, your business is at risk, even if you're not directly affected. In the workshop, we look in detail at potential risks to the business. We examine suppliers, customers and competitors. We look at finance, technology, legislation and data security. We identify the risks and rank them according to probability and likely impact their importance and seriousness. Then we move to the action planning process. Your contingency plan needs to include all your high-scoring, fast-acting events. For each of them, you need to ask the question, if this is the consequence, what do we need to do to get back to business as usual as quickly as possible? Yes, I know I said there's no such thing as business as usual, but there is in the very short term. Your plan will involve a number of stages. Number one, recognition. If the office catches fire, who will the fire brigade call and who holds the keys? Who will be the project leader? And this will depend on the nature of the problem. Number two, identifying the threat. If you thought long and hard in the early stages of the evaluation exercise, there should be no surprises. You may not have thought of the cause of the problem, but you should have thought of all the threats. Define each problem on the risk register in terms of effects. So these will be things like staff unable to get to work, power failure, inability to process orders, cash shortage, loss of production, material shortage. Number three, communication. How do we get hold of other people in the organisation when we need to tell them that a contingency plan is in operation? This may be to get them to come and help, or to tell them not to come into work, or to ask them to contact customers or obtain temporary accommodation, or all sorts of things like that. You need an up-to-date contact list, ideally online. The quickest way, of course, of contacting people is by mass text. Do you have the facility for this? And can you access it outside the office? Number four is identifying responsibilities. Who needs to know? Different people will be involved with different issues. If it's a fire or a flood, you'll definitely need the cleaners. If it's a material shortage, the procurement manager will need to work with the designers and production staff to find a way around it, or will need, or will need to focus the buying staff on finding another source. The action plan will be built around the key effects which could impact your business. For each, there must be a project manager and a project team and a written procedure. This is an outline of the action planning process. Each organisation, each event is different. A unique action plan must be designed for your organisation. And after each event, a report must be prepared. It will help the management team learn what went well and what didn't work. 
It'll be a basis for future plans. It'll strengthen the security of your organisation. You need to write a contingency planning policy statement. Make sure everyone in the organisation understands it and understands its importance. Tell your customers about it and put it on your website. It's all part of a sustainable business. There's much more detail on the Green Supply Chain Workshop in a video which you can access from my website, which is anthony-day.com. And of course, you can always give me a call and I'll be happy to talk you through it. The number is on my website, and if it's not on my website, well, just drop me an email, mail at anthony-day.com. That's all for the moment. Did I say Happy New Year? Well, let me say it again. Happy New Year. Here we are, the 2nd of January 2015 already. It's going to be a good year for me. I hope it's going to be a good year for you. It's going to be as good as we make it, isn't it? So this is Anthony Day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sustainable Futures podcast. There'll be another one next Friday, and I hope you'll listen. I hope you like it. And if you do like it, I hope you'll put a review on iTunes. I hope you'll tell your friends. I hope you'll tweet about it. And if you don't like it, I hope you'll mail me, mail at anthony-day.com, and use that address if there's anything in particular you want me to cover in future episodes. But for the moment, and for the third time, a Happy New Year, and I'm looking forward to next Friday. This is Anthony Day. Till next time. Thank you.